Welcome to This Human Life with a Philosophical Coach. I'm thrilled to have you tuning in. I'm your host, Sam Kukathis, aka The Philosophical Coach, philosopher, human expert, and high-performance coach. This podcast at its core is about navigating the complexities of being human, whilst providing you the opportunity to go beyond any conception of who you think you are, really. Inside of the freedom that comes from not being attached to figuring out your true purpose, or who you are, is an opening for creating a life free from constraint. If that intrigues or excites you, then you're definitely in the right place. The ideas are drawn from neuroscience, philosophy, my coaching practice, working with elite leaders, and experience. You can expect candor, humor, vulnerability, and ideas which are unfamiliar to you, and some you may just plain disagree with. You'll also get the opportunity to hear from inspiring coaches and leaders. Now let's get ready to question what we know. It's so easy to get in the space when it comes to leadership to think that what that looks like is getting it right. And I'm going to take a moment here to share the experience of actually recording this week, because what I found myself doing was getting back into a habit of trying to get it right. I'd recorded this initial conversation around leadership and I thought, wow, I think there's a lot here, which would make a really interesting podcast. And I'm going to break it up into a few episodes to give bite-sized chunks. But the more I tried to finesse what I was doing, the less I was actually in a space of leadership because I was moving away from one of the core values which I have in my system, which was to let go of trying to get it right. And so I've now moved away from trying to script it because frankly, that wasn't working. It was creating stress and overwhelm, all the kinds of things, ironically, which I coach against. And it's a beautiful example for me of how when I formulate my ideas based on the existing habits, which are kind of deep-seated, things might not work as well as I want them to. And so it's an opportunity for me to pause and to slow down and be like, all right, what's not working right now? Well, what's not working right now is that I'm trying to perfect something. I'm trying to give a perception, professionalism, so that people will will like it. Because it comes from this core instinct, which is at the root of everything that we do as human beings. We try to look good and we don't want to look bad. And so from that perspective, we are framing our communication. We are withholding what we have to say. We're sometimes putting up a pretense of how we go about it. And that's not really how I want to operate. So that's why I'm actually sharing (laughs) sharing this with you so that I can actually free myself of any constraint which I'm putting in my way because unleashing leadership is about removing constraint. It's not about putting those back in, right? And perfectionism is a massive constraint. It's a massive constraint and it's all inside of looking good. And it's a subjective perception of looking good, right? 
I remember I was searching on the internet recently because I was doing a video on perfectionism. And one of the things I want to do is I want to understand, like, how do we conceive of this idea of being perfect? And one of the things which came really clear was this. Almost anything can be labeled perfect. If you Google perfect and then you type in perfect A, B, C, and you scroll through the alphabet, you'll find the most bizarre suggestions of what are the perfect things that people are seeking to attain. And these go beyond the things like the perfect partner, the perfect boyfriend, you know, the perfect haircut. It was things like the perfect Venetian blinds, you know, the perfect key lime pie. As, as if someone out there had discovered the perfect version of each of these things. And we are now searching for the truth. Now, hopefully that looks a little absurd to you as well as it does to me. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We don't have to necessarily agree. But what I got from looking at, you know, the way in which we seek to create like images of perfection in life, images of the perfect body, the perfect fit, the perfect relationship, all of these different kinds of illusions was that the more we are searching for something which is perfect, the more we're trying to get in the space of getting it right, the more people will look to sell you a, a vision of something which is perfect. Because that seems to be what you're asking for. So you're asking to be told, what's the perfect solution here? And so someone says, the perfect solution is X, Y, and Z. And then if it doesn't work out, you think you're the source. You think, oh, but that was the perfect solution. Why didn't it work out for me? Well, what if it was just a solution and you implemented the solution and just didn't work? That doesn't mean the solution was no good. It just might have meant it, it didn't work for you. We can overpromise so much in life when we're trying to get it right, when we're trying to figure it all out, and we're trying to say, this is perfect. I guarantee you this, right? It's all just a facade. It's a facade for how we go about living. And it keeps us constrained because we have to continually put up this pretense of how we operate rather than just being real and authentic about how we are. You know how exhausting it is to try and keep up that persona of perfectionism? I couldn't do it for a couple of days because it just wasn't me. It was the fact that I was getting frustrated with trying to get it right was a sign that this wasn't in alignment for me. And again, I share this because I want you to see, like, is there anywhere in your life where you can see there's something which isn't in alignment for you, where you're really just in the space of trying to get it right? You're trying to get it right as if there is a right answer out there if you just work hard enough to get there right? Just, you just keep slogging away. If you slog away for long enough, you'll figure it out. 
And just really let that soak in. Because you may have an idea that this isn't working, but how often do you stop and go, could there be a different way? Do I have to do it this way? How refreshing would it be if you got to let that go, that this was the way you had to do it? I know for me, I feel this ease right now, this ease and this peace of mind, which is flooding back because I've let go of the constraint, which was there of, I've got to get it right. Let me say it right. Let me try and execute exactly what I was going to say as if what I'd written before was the right answer, as if I'd really captured what leadership was. And so I needed to say exactly that. I was just in the illusion, an illusion that we all can get so caught up in. And one of my favorite ways to think about why we can escape this illusion of perfectionism is this. If you were actually perfect, you wouldn't be relatable to anyone, to anyone who has ever lived. Now, if you're like me, that's a freeing thought. No one is perfect. There is no perfect partner. There is no perfect relationship. There is no perfect job. All there is is choosing. It's choosing moment to moment how you live. There is just right now. But when we're in the space of trying to get something perfect, we're almost living into a future which is based on this illusion based on an illusion which keeps us disconnected from other people. And then as leaders, imagine what it's actually like for your team. If you are the person who presents this image of perfection, what do you think your team's likely going to want to do? They're going to probably want to keep up appearances as well. They want to, they're going to want to keep up appearances because they're probably afraid that if they don't, that's going to look really badly upon them. They're going to feel like, will I be judged within this environment? Am I not someone who fits in because I'm not perfect and yet this boss or this you know, CEO seems to be? That's not an environment I imagine most people want to actually foster. And yet consider, consider that when we pretend to be these ultra-professional people without any kind of flaws, we present an image which makes us almost disconnected from others, which makes us unattainable, which makes others feel like there's this hierarchy of value. Rather than imagining a team where each member offers something of value, each person could offer something of value independently of their seeming station independent of their rank, right? Now, when I think of this, I think of it from the perspective of a teacher because for a long time, that's what I did. I taught philosophy, I taught jurisprudence. And one of the core ideas that when I come from a perspective of leading as a teacher was to create a space for my students and to say, I have just read a little bit more than you. 
and probably thought a little bit more about these topics than you. But I come from the viewpoint that we're all learning together. So while I'm going to help shape this discussion, there, is, there wouldn't be a discussion unless all of you get involved. And all of you have something valuable to contribute, whether you know it or not. So whether you've done the reading or not, I invite you to listen from a place where you can be connected to this conversation and you can provide something of value if you so choose. And now what do we, and now doing this has quite an effect. And I can go a step further because I remember when I was teaching a summer school program and one of the things was the way the room was set up. And the room was set up to create this sort of master-student dynamic where the, the person who was tutoring, myself, was at the front of the room and then all the other tables were sort of directing the attention on me. Now, if I was delivering a keynote presentation, that might be great. But in this kind of environment, it fostered a culture where every question, where every conversation point was then focused on what do I think, as if I was the most important person in the room, rather than understanding that what mattered was creating a conversation where people are learning together, including myself. And so what I did was I shifted the room. I just became another one of the students in the room. I created a square, you know, tables in the terms of the setup so that people would always be looking at a different people, not just myself. And what it allowed was a very different kind of conversation. And the reason I share this is because I want you to imagine that sometimes we set up our own kind of workspace in a way which doesn't create that sense of inclusion. It creates a sense of inferiority, the, almost the master-student relationship or you know, the boss versus um, the employee. When if, if we allowed people to see themselves of equal value, you may actually be surprised at what they offer. So here's the question then. If we're shifting out of this pretense of perfectionism, if we're shifting out of this idea of hierarchical ways in which we communicate, which we set things up, where we create this pretense that we know so much more than everyone else, therefore, you know, everyone should just focus on us, we create a space for a more vibrant, more fulfilling, more purpose-driven organization. But what that looks like is not giving up on ambition. It's not giving up on excellence. The opposite of perfection is not, in my mind, just mediocrity. It is embracing a level of excellence whilst understanding there is no such thing as the right answer. It might be mathematical equations which have been given a right answer based on our agreement within society that there's an understanding that this is the right answer to this particular equation. But all of that is made up as well. So from that standpoint, when we're looking at things within society in general, we're looking from a shift 
kind of perspective of what we already agree upon when we come to an idea of what the right answer is. But that doesn't actually make it the right answer. That just makes it the agreed upon answer, which we then consider to be right. And so if we take that thought seriously for a moment, then we can start to get out of the trap of believing that there is always a right answer to what we're doing. If we just follow these steps, then everything will always seamlessly work without any sort of problem. Now, any, anyone who's ever experienced anything around troubleshooting knows that's not the case because you can follow all the steps and yet things can still go awry. The best laid plans of mice and men can often go astray. We know that, right? So it's not about you can plan to create something which is always going to be perfect. There are always interruptions in the way in which things operate and things, the things that go in the world. But what makes great leaders is that they adapt. They thrive inside of any circumstances. And the circumstances are the times often when things are volatile, when things are uncertain, just as they are now. And so new thinking is needed to adapt to that situation. And you know, most of us are aware of the, the Einstein idea of if you bring the same thinking to the problem, all you're likely to get is the same results. And so often what is needed for a leader is to reframe how they're looking at existing problem. And the way that I look to do this is to look at what's missing. And missing is not a word of like, okay, we need to fix something here, right? There's a, it's a problem that needs to be fixed and we just find a solution to it. No, it's about, okay, what are we doing at the moment? If we were a fly on the wall, what are we actually doing? Paint a picture. And let's get really straight with ourselves of what that looks like. And then what do we have as an experience? What are the results that we have as a consequence of doing this? And then finally, who are we being? Are we being resigned about the fact that it's a volatile and uncertain future and you know we may all lose the jobs, the company may go bust? Or are we in a space of being confident that we can find an alternative way to persist? Are we being excited about the challenge which this brings, looking at this as an opportunity? You know, these are the types of questions which offer different outlets for looking at what seems like a problem which might be insurmountable. When you shift the way you're thinking about the existing problem, the problem can either disappear or it can look a hell of a lot more manageable. It's not dissimilar for when you're working with someone one-on-one -on -one and there's a particular meaning that they've attached to something which has happened. And then what the role, well, my role as a coach is to look at like, well, what does that mean for them? And what if we could reframe that? What if we could see that that wasn't the truth? Because there are so many beliefs that we've come to hold as the truth, which impact us on a day to day, but then also impact us if we are leading in companies about how we then go about operating within that context. Now, the hilarious thing about recording this podcast has been that it's been in a number of different spaces as I have been recording. And even though I had pretty much finished on Friday, there was still a little bit I was going to wrap up today. And so that's what I did, or at least that's what I thought I did, only to discover 
I hadn't actually turned on the mic. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that space where you feel like you've really captured something, you're really happy with it, and then you realized you just didn't capture it. It doesn't exist. It might exist in your head, but it doesn't exist. And why am I sharing this? Well, I'm sharing this because, hey, this is an, an episode which is about why leadership requires giving up on perfectionism. So even in this space, I'm having to give up on something which is called like, I thought I'd finished. I thought I'd got it right in my mind. But even then, this is the absurdity of the human condition. This is where we're constantly caught out if we don't get in the space of recognizing that, no, no, you only have the illusion of control. Even if you think you're a leader, you only know the tip of what is possible when it comes to being a leader because it's not about what you know. It's about your way of being. It's your way of being which is going to inspire others. Being a leader is not about the skills that you have. It's about being committed to something in life which is bigger than yourself. That's what I've seen time and time again. It's about being uncomfortable at times, even when it means not looking good. Why? Because people are craving authenticity. They're not craving perfection. They may think they want that, but that's just giving them a, a mirage or an illusion of something which they always think they're never going to be able to have. So they're chasing something which is perfect as if that's something which they can have. And then when they don't get to have it, they get to say, I told you so. I told you that wasn't possible for me. Over there, they've got the perfect relationship. Over there, they've got the perfect job. When in fact, we've got no idea what's going on for people. We just have this mental chatter in our heads about what it looks like for people. And then we form conclusions about what life looks like. What if we paused for a moment? What if we really just slowed down and we got how little we know about anything? We have a lot of thoughts and feelings and beliefs about what we think we know is to be the true. But imagine we really know very little. We really know very little which is verifiable. We really know very little about others and what they're experiencing. And yet if you call yourself a leader and you don't actually know what others are experiencing or you don't even know how to get into their world, then are you being a leader or are you just asserting your dominance over others? Are you just in a space of claiming authority? Are you in the space of thinking leadership is about knowledge and knowledge is all about power? So that's what you're going to do. What if we could let go of that conception? What if we could create something which is much more inspiring? What if we could create something which is still about having that ambition? It's still about really being committed to something bigger than yourself. But it's allowing yourself to be free and at ease with what is uncomfortable. Even if being uncomfortable means that you look bad. That is what I'm experimenting with in this episode. And I'm saying this as I'm realizing it, not because that was the plan. And hopefully this has given you a new perspective. And in the next two days, I'm gonna come up with something new again. And it's not 
going to be written out. That's my commitment. Because when I do that, I'm coming from an existing knowing rather than an authentic place of what it requires from my heart to stand in being a leader. So that's all for me for now. I'll be back in two days to share some more about being a leader. Whether you're a relative veteran of this podcast or a new listener, I really thank you for taking the time to listen. And if you've got value from this podcast, then it would mean the world to me if you rate and review it on Apple or Podchaser and share it with your community so that this work can impact more people. Because I'm on a mission to help people live a life free from constraints. And if you're ready to take this from information to transformation, then connect with us at thephilosophicalcoach.com.